Hola, and welcome to episode 102 of Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina mama. That is me and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe. It's a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Nabi is our motto. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, that's my little man, and now he is officially 10, going on 49 still, old soul. But other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. And why do I have a wide range of dope peeps on this show as guests? It's because I come from the music, art, and now Web3 industries. And speaking of the first two, music, art, um, entertainment, um, you know, cultural um, archivists. Today we have Moni Vargas. She's an Emmy-nominated Afro-Colombiana director. She is co-founder of Friends We Love, but she's more than that. She is, as I mentioned, Afro-Colombiana, feminist, mama, artist, activist, and DJ. Okay, she's all these things. She's everything. She's amazing. Um, I was put in touch with her. Uh, I was familiar with some of her work, but I was really uh, connected with her after Kano, who he's been on here, episode six. And then Lilian Rivera, who's been on here as well. Both are family, definitely part of the tribe, you know, um, met her, interacted with her. And they're like, you should have her on your show. So here we are. We started like DMing a little bit um, for different things. And then finally it worked out. So she's on. And, you know, we talk about her sharing her story of being an immigrant, um, coming to this country from Colombia. And then also, you know, just really her formative years were all over the U.S., as you'll hear her tell it. Becoming a DJ to now documentary director, um, the origins of her friends we love, her award-winning Latino-owned media production company. And also we get into her Emmy-nominated documentary, Artbound Con Safos, um, that I would definitely have a link to everything that we mentioned as per usual. But I really feel that, you know, she is definitely, as she described herself, a champion of untold stories that she wants her legacy to be. I feel like she's already doing this because she is sharing these um, very important stories that we need to, that our people need to know and others need to know because we need to see ourselves, right? So I definitely recommend you check out all the things that she has done and that, you know, she, her and her partner will continue to do. Um, we have a great conversation. She's also a mama, a mama of one. So that's a, de a special connection. And then you add another layer of an, you know, a later in life mama, uh, an older mama, if you will, where we became mamas later in life. And I think, you know, from the sounds of it, we're definitely in this, um, you know, same age bracket if I'm not older. And uh, so there's so many things we can relate on. But this is an amazing conversation. And don't forget always to check out the Supernatural Bears Corner, as he, I believe he's doing a review of an indigenous comic story. So let's get into this. 
Moni, thank you so much for being here, for taking the time out of your day to be with me. This is amazing. I'm excited to finally, you know, meet you virtually. Likewise, I feel like we have so many concentric circles of friends and colleagues and just vibes. So it's really good to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for saying yes. And because I know you're super busy, you know, I mean, I just did an intro for you and it's, you know, it's extensive. You know, when I ask people, uh, you know, a little little BTS, I, you know, I have guests, I have them fill out this thing and I ask them, like, what's your title? Right. So that I know how they want to be, you know, listed on the little promo. And, you know, you're like friends. We love co-founder. And so in the intro, I'm like, she's not just that. She's like all these things. So you're busy as hell. Thank you so much. So let's start off by the basics. How are you? How are you doing? Ah, I love that we begin with care and those really uh, basic questions because sometimes we just, you know, go right past those and get into the nitty gritty. But I'm doing pretty well, you know. Um, I've been busy this week researching a new project. So that's always exciting. But you get to a point where it's like enough research already to start writing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But other than that, you know, I, I feel good. My daughter just turned 10 and I know um, your bear just turned 10. (laughs) So I'm so excited that um, we get to share this together. We're in our feelings, right? We're oh. in our feelings, double digits. Cause do you have just one? Do you have two or? I just have one daughter. Oh, yeah. so we're in this. We're feeling it for sure because oh, yeah. it's just our one. Like I've talked to my other friends with multiples. They're like, ah, oh, it's oh, not a big deal to the baby because it's the last one. And I was like, this is my only one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had her a little older, so for Same. me it's just it's just one of those things where I'm so grateful that I had the chance to have her, but then at the same time like you said, it's like all your eggs literally are <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So did you cry did you cry like I cried a grip leading up to it? Oh yeah. This whole year like little little bits and pieces I'll be like this is the last of your single single digits. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, my my partner and I are so emotional about the whole thing. And I think, like, are we the only parents going through this? Because it really does feel like we do wing flaps. We're like, oh, you know, <laughs> we have all these internal things. But the wing flap is when you're just like, you know, you're just like trying to keep it all together. But it's really hard to because... Um, well, because of so much, you know, we, we've all gone through the last few years and we're so happy to be, we're so grateful just to be alive Please believe <laughs> and it. have survived this time. Um, but then, you know, we do think about what it's done to them and, and their mental health and then our own mental health. <laughs> please, please. Exactly. So yeah, we have been very emotional about the whole thing. And, you know, like a little terrified about the next decade, the next 10 years as well. 
Yes. Especially because every, I don't know, for you, everyone around was like, Psh, just wait till the teens, this ain't nothing. And then they're like, just wait till adulthood, this ain't nothing. I was like, woo, that's crazy. But felicidades to you and to your partner because, you know, even though our, our, our you know, little humans have, have, you know, had another revolution around the sun, we did it. Like, you did it. <laughs> we have to, we have to give ourselves those props. You know, igualmente. I mean, it's just, I'm, you know, I, I'm in awe of all of our, um, just collective parenting <laughs> issues and joys and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but I'm also very grateful, um, to have it, you know, I, I don't know what I would have done the last couple of years without her like it just mm. it's so joyful as well and she's always cracking me up and <laughs> life it just wouldn't be the same you know yeah for sure well i'm super happy to hear that you know you're super you're busy and that this huge milestone is happening and you're all in the feelings it's good to do all that stuff um i wanted to also get into you know, just your origins, uh, you know, where were you born and raised? What's the history? What's your history? I was born in Cartagena, Colombia. Ah. Uh, yeah, I was raised there till I was eight. Ooh. Uh, and then we moved to the States. We moved to South Florida, Port Lauderdale. And, uh, you know, we were the immigrants, you know, we're just like, we're, uh, living with my grandmother at the time, it was a bunch of us in one. Um, it wasn't even a house; it was like um, what do you call it? a condo, and we were just like multi generational families living together, trying to make it work. Um, I didn't speak any English, uh, and um, yeah, it's just been one of those situations where um, my dad took on a lot of odd jobs to make it through and then he finally you know got his residency um for uh, medicine but it took him years it took him like four yeah. years um and my mom was always working so it was just but but we also had lots of family around you know we had our grandmother our great aunts our our aunts and uncles and you know, people would come and stay sometimes for a month. Sometimes they would just move in. You know, it was just, it was uh, lively. Mm. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so, so Florida and then like until your, like your entire formative years, high school, all that was Florida? No. So, um, you know, we were in Florida for three years and then he got this um, residency in Texas. So we moved to Corpus Christi, Texas. What? So, you know, it's funny because I've always been around Latinos, but all different kinds of Latinos, you know, right. like in South Florida, there was a lot of Colombians, a lot of Cubans. Um, and then I moved to Texas and it was all like it was border, you know, it was a border town. It's Corpus Christi. Um, so it was a whole other feel and really like a, a whole other culture, but it was dope. Um, <laughs> uh, really got into music 
in in Texas. Um, I think everybody was super emo, so we got into like. <laughs> So we got into, you know, like new wave and, and in Florida, it was all like breakbeat and bass and like, <laughs> you know, freestyle. And yeah, um, so it's always been like this through line of um, Latin culture. Then we moved to Oklahoma, which was like nothing. It was like, wow, there was like no diversity. I think I was like the only there was only maybe like 10 kids of color in a school, like 1500. Oh shit. Um, and I did high school there for two years because he kept specializing, you know, it's like the immigrant thing of like, it's not enough, you know? <laughs> uh, and then we moved to Orlando, Florida. I did my senior year there. It's a lot. And then we, <laughs> and then I went to school in DC. Oh, um, you were everywhere all across the nation which I loved. I loved going to school in DC. That was also just a big um, uh, world of uh, house music and rave culture. So that was really great. Uh, and then I moved to New York right after school. And then I, I was in New York my whole adult life until LA like 10 years ago. So, oh, it's been 10 years. I was, that's what my, one of my next questions. How long you been in LA? So 10 12 years. years no, 12, 12 years. 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So you, yeah. your music, your music, like I didn't travel to those eras, but I love all that music. But because I feel like we're, I might be older than you, but I feel like we're in the same age bracket. So that encompassed like the music we were into, but for you to be in the areas of the origin of those music of like that specific genre, those specific genres, I mean, your understanding and love and appreciation must go deep. Uh, you know, um, it does. Uh, but there's also like this uh, music is so powerful, right? It yeah. really brings yeah. us, it's it's they say it's you know the the universal language mm. um it brings us together uh it holds memory it it really does uh so much right for us as just human beings um in 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 texas it was it was strange because they were really into um yeah like new wave and like Violent Femmes and yes. The Cure and Depeche Mode and The Smith all day, <laughs> all day, right? Like so emo, yes, and you know we just and um, but it wasn't necessarily that it originated there, but there, the scene there was really um genuine. You know, mm. people were really into it, um, and it's something that. I really cherish, you know, it was like, yes. okay, this is uh, what it means to go in, you know, and, and, yes. and really get into um, all of this, all of these acts and, you know, concerts and things. And that was pre-internet. So it's like, I don't even know how we got all this stuff. That's what I was about to mention <laughs> to those that are listening that are younger. This was pre-internet. So also at this time, and I don't know if you encountered this, I was at a border town, I was San Diego, two eggs away from the border. 
And for me, I got flack because I loved hip hop, because I also loved as much as I loved hip hop. I loved new wave because, and there was no Internet. So it was like it may be an older friend, a cousin or something introduced you to it and then you fell in love with it. And so, you know, you being in these different areas, you know, if, even if like, say, Corpus Christi. It was emo, you know, they were listening to a lot of new wave. It was British. But the culture, you were immersed in that culture, right? Where it was, they're all about it. And then you go to Florida, so, you know, uh, high energy, freestyle, 808 bass, Miami, you know, bass. And then all that stuff. Like, that's that's like, I feel like maybe it's deeper. And, and we'll get into something that you do now, that you do now. I feel like that really, you know, uh, incorporate like really dictated impacted you uh because you were immersed in those cultures so like we didn't have internet so we couldn't you know i got it from the from the swap meet you know what i mean i got it from the swap meet recording from the radio so how does that how did living in those air like how did that impact your decision like your love for music and your understanding of the different cultures and genres yeah well uh, and and funny enough, hip hop was always a through line, though. Right. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. It was always hip hop. I mean, you know, when I first moved to the States, I remember like the one song that I was like, holy shit, uh, <laughs> was um, Planet Rock. Like, I remember Same. like that was just like, what is this? And yeah. then like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And then like craft work and I'm like, whoa, like you just. It's yeah. all really new to someone mm-hmm. who, you know, who was coming from listening to salsa, merengue, <laughs> you know, Caribbean rhythms, because that's that's where I was from. So it was a totally different sound. Uh, I love, you know, everything from the fashion to mm. and it's culture. It is culture to the the language, right? Because language comes into it. Yeah um the the hairstyle the the dance moves oh my god so I love to dance so it was always like that was also a constant no matter what it was it was like okay what 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 dance move are we making that was you know free tiktok so (laughs) now I'm like wait how how come I haven't gotten into this whole tiktok dance thing yeah Um, but yeah yeah and Um, that makes sense that makes sense for because what you do and I I want you to you know let the people know exactly you know what what is friends with love let mm. us know yeah so in 2008 my partner Michael Vargas and I met and we uh had a friend in common who said, you know, you should really meet, she's a DJ. And uh, I don't think she knew that I was, I'd been doing some uh, film production work before, but Michael needed some music for a job he was doing. And I was like, you know what? I have a video camera. I really just need a partner to work on a project with me. And he said, what you got in mind? And I said, well, I really want to do like short documentaries on all my friends who are doing dope shit in in New York. (laughs) Because there were so many. Like, my goodness, our community was so rich, like sobrados, you know, like everyone was like overflowing with (laughs) creativity and innovation and entrepreneurship. Like they were all badasses. So he said, 
oh shit, you know, I also have been wanting to do something this like this for a long time. And it, I kid you not, we both had it in our journals from years before. And sitting down during this lunch, we got so excited that the person next to us having lunch, this is so New York, was like, here's a napkin, here's a pen, <laughs> write it down. And we still have the little, the little, you know. That's cute. Uh, napkin. And, and we came up with the name Friends We Love because we really just wanted to spotlight friends who were doing really dope work, but didn't have an internet presence. And this was 2008, right? So we started documenting doing um, short docs, but then also doing a, a series adjacent to it called 120 Seconds. Uh, and that gave us an opportunity to speak to a lot of folks without having to do like a whole document, you know, short doc. Yeah. Those things take a long time and a lot of energy and, and resources. Um, but we did that for years and we self-funded it, which I don't, don't. I don't tell anyone, I, I, you know, I don't advise anyone on doing. <laughs> um, and we have filmed over a hundred of these. We, you know, we um, had an incredible screening at the um, Brooklyn Museum. We oh. screened at the Bronx Museum. Nice. You know, we've won some awards with them. Um, but what it really did was just solidify our working relationship. Uh, and a few years later, we ended up, um, you know, getting together romantically. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> oh, so a few years later, it was it was strictly like, let's partner up and do this. And then later it was like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, my God, you're kind of cool. <laughs> We work well together. Um, you listen. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. No, I'm kidding. That, totally kidding. That's amazing. Uh, no, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, like a couple, like a year and a half into it, you know, we were like, okay, let's see if this works out. Um, and then two years later, we got the opportunity to move to LA and um, he did some work for Will Smith uh, in New York and they loved what he did. He did this and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just give him some props on this because nice. uh, he did a short doc on the Fela documentary mm. that the Fela show that they had on Broadway. Mm. And um, Will was one of the investors and it was so impressive. And I was so impressed with it. I was like, damn, that's good. You know, and it was Fela and it was music. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. So I was so excited, um, but they were really impressed. And they said, you know, would you consider moving to LA to work with us? And not even to work with us, because I remember they, they said, there's no guarantee. And I was like, mm. okay. He's like, but we have a ton of work coming up. So. Oh, nice. And at that point, we, you know, we were tired also of just self-funding all of our projects in New York mm. and working days, nights, weekends, and not really having, you know, that support, um, financial support that you need to, to do a project like this. Um, we probably should have... Um, 
done, you know, applied for grants and all of this, but we were just so in the work yeah. that we weren't even looking past this. So, so we moved to LA, we, we did work with them for about six years, um, pretty solidly. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, the kind of the rest is history. We've been, you know, we, we were working as, um, as a group, um, or as a production company under the name of New York Tricity and friends we love was the, um, series the original series but no one could really pronounce new yorktricity for <laughs> 10 years we were like this is ridiculous we have such a great name friends we love is already such a great name yeah. so we switched back to friends we love and um have been doing businesses friends we love for the last couple of years i love that so when i was doing research um you know i love the 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 about the friends we love it says has sought to disrupt the invisibility of underrepresented artists and artisans centering and uplifting stories of bipoc artists from their studios offices stages and the streets wherever the creative magic happens i love that shit and i love that you started you know this initially started uh, with literally friends that you love doing dope shit and that totally aligns with the whole reason why i even do this i just have people that I love, either I know them or I just met them or people that I love, love them. And it's just showcasing my dope friends. And that's what you guys do. And I just do it in this format. So this is perfection. This aligns completely. Um, so I wanted to get into Artbound, what you do, Artbound, and specifically Con Safos. If you could please tell the folks what Consafos means and then what the project, this, you know, Emmy nominated project is. Well, Consafos is uh, a term, a Chicano term uh, that originated here in LA. And uh, people have many meanings for it. But what we found out during this documentary, basically what it is, it's a one hour documentary on the uh, pioneer of uh, really like he's a pioneer in music and theater in alternative rock and his name is Ruben Funkawato Guevara uh, and the documentary is about his life you know he he has 60 years of life as a Chicano activist and artist um, he started as a doo-wop artist in the 60s and he was you know on tv which is unheard of you know for i mean we can't even get on tv now as latinos <laughs> <laughs> so this was in the 60s which is crazy but he was on there with bo diddley and tina turner and i mean it is it, sometimes during the whole production i was like this is like the greatest story that no one's heard right yeah. Um, he then um, had a rock group, like experimental rock group with Frank Zappa, um, and that did really well. Then he was really like this, this big, you know, community leader um, as a Chicano activist. And then he did some theater. I mean, he's amazing. He's really a wonderful, wonderful person. He just turned 80 this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's still around and he's still working and he's still, you know, producing cultural 
culturally relevant work, which is incredible. Like what, what an incredible life. Um, so consafos means um, basically it was uh, what um, a lot of graffiti artists would write on their, you know, as a tag, CS. And it's like, whatever you do to this tag, we're going to come back and do to you. <laughs> and it may be worse, right? So <laughs> it was a warning, like, don't mess with this tag. <laughs> Um, we, you know, we had a chance to interview Chas Bohorkis and, um, he, you know, he explained it really well. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, he's legendary. So for us, I, and we're such art frogs, like, oh, sorry, that's a, another <laughs> term that we use and very internal. For those of you who know out there, you know, but, but we, um, yeah, we were just like, this is amazing. I can't believe we're, you know. You know, it's yeah. just like, wow. Um, but yeah, that's what Consafos means. And it was a one hour doc for Artbound. It's an incredible uh, series on KCT PBS. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it, you can stream it. It's on YouTube. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. Dancing crew, trip for two, nailed the final interview. Game with Doug, brand new mug. Come here, kid, give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. Boosters designed for COVID-19 variants are now available. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster appointment as soon as you're eligible. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. It's amazing. I'll have a link definitely in the show notes and watching it, you know, I was at this, uh, uh, like Latine, uh, business type of conference in San Diego. And, you know, we had a discussion with, you know, who and why, and why not use the, the term Chicano. And, you know, I've never used it because I've never, it, it was something that, you know, gr me growing up, close to the border and who I was around, it was never a term that I understood and that I identified with, that I connected with, right? It's it's turning into more and more now, but yeah. I love 
the the doc is amazing. You did guys did an amazing job. The the visuals, um, just some of the photographs that you guys were able to find and use the the you know the the reels of different things. Love it. And it, I've never I wasn't knowing of this story, and it definitely reminded me of um, Summer Soul that documentary. Yes. Because it's, you know, it's like, what? If I would have known more about this, you know, like seeing that footage, I was like, where has this been? With him, with Bo Diddley, super young Tina Turner, and he is dancing and grooving and singing his ass off. And I was like, Mexican? During these times? Because like, all we know is, you know, uh, La Bamba. Like, all that's all we know, you know, because of the movie and stuff like that. So this was... You know, it was it was such a a well told story that more people like I don't know if you know, but if I love something, I like share the shit out of it. So like I already started like, oh, you need to watch this. Da, 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 da. So I'm definitely going to be you're going to be seeing me like, you know, put little bits and pieces of it. And then it was also amazing because uh, to see people that, you know, are part of the tribe, like Josh Kuhn, known him forever. Chaz, I mean, you can't see that, but like he did my name. Like it, he's is a legend. And to see him, like it all makes sense at all. It's all aligning. And yeah. when, when, um, you know, the uh, the main guy was talking about how he, you know, Pocho and, and Chicano, how it was super derogatory back then yeah. and how he goes back to the ruins and, you know, he feels connected. That's exactly what happened to me. And, you know, how he just twisted it around and 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 just kind of embraced it and took it in and, and kind of redefined what Chicano is, redefined what Pocho is. Like, that's amazing. The, and the way you broke the story down, that's what a good storyteller does, Moni. Like, you, you guys do an amazing job. It's the storytelling, it is bringing it back around. It is breaking it down in a way that is engaging. Um, and it tells a story that needs to be told. It gives the facts. It brings you in and it grabs a hold of you. So thank you so much. This is something that should be shown, I think, in a lot of, you know, um, the high schools, the middle schools. I feel like, you know, we need to see these uplifting stories of ourselves, of these change makers. Um, I think it's super important. Well, thank you. And it was definitely a group effort. We worked really closely with uh, the KCET team. It was a you know a co-production between Friends We Love and KCET. And um, his, uh, Ruben's son was also an EP on it. So, it, you know, it was really, um, and, um, and Dan Kwan, who's uh, a, a uh, playwright that um, direct who directed his life story so you know it was really uh, a collaborative effort but thank you I, I also agree you know we need to see ourselves Same. in um, more nuanced ways uh, and uh, the history is there it's just not it's just not been seen and it hasn't been documented and I think that's what's really missing for us as a community because uh you know, whether it's Latino, Latinx, Latin, you know, or Latine, whatever you want to call it. Yes. We, because <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of conversations about this. These days. Right. Um, whatever you want to call us, right. It is important for us to see ourselves. And that is something that um, is rare for us, you know, Same. and, and I'm, I'm doing this doc, this I'm researching right now. And 
I'm like unearthing certain things and I really got very emotional because I'm seeing this new generation of young um, Latin folks um, (laughs) uh, being uh, really proactive about Mm. how um, proud they are of their roots and heritage and their identity and um, how it's no longer, you know, something that you're trying to, you know, we're no longer trying to assimilate because where has that gotten us? Right. Exactly. Um, and we have such a rich culture and such a varied culture. You know, we, oh my goodness, it's just a history, you know, and we, the contributions that we have made to this country and continue to make to this country um, are often overlooked. And, 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 you know, we just need to big up ourselves more and more and more. <laughs> Please believe it. And, you know, as, as, you know, as a culture and as we're here and we're just all trying to survive first gen immigrants, third gen, whatever, um, as marginalized communities, we're not, you know, we're not able to to be in these spaces together anymore where we're, you know, back in the days, tell stories, pass them down and tell these stories. So that what you're doing, what people like you and others that are documenting and telling these untold stories is you are literally history, you know, taking care of our history and documenting it in a way that could be shared forever. So muchísimas gracias for all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. let's get into questions and comments from the audience. Oh, snap. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so the first one is from someone that we both know. He was uh, episode, He was on the sixth episode of Word to Your Mama, Kano Kid, a mild-mannered hooligan. Um, <laughs> his, his question, I'm going to ask his question, but it's all wrong because he got it all wrong. He said, what brought them to L.A.? And does the show... Does she know of any good Ecuadorian restaurants? I was like, she ain't Ecuadorian. (laughs) And then he goes, he goes, I could be wrong. It's rare, but I could be. I said, you're wrong, dude. I go, she's Colombiana. That's hilarious. <laughs> but he said he wanted to hear more about Friends with Love projects from back in the days. And are they going to start doing them again? Yeah. So that's his question. Uh, you know, we want that's that's what I think we have finally. Uh, we're, we're almost 50 and there comes a point in your life where you're like, oh. I. You revalue it, right? You're re-evaluating things. You are wondering what you want to spend your time on because time is finite and limited. But all to say that um, that yeah, we we do want to bring friends we love back as a as an original series and perhaps do it uh, more from uh, a um, humanities archive. Mm. Um, because we really do see the need um, for these stories to be documented and told uh, and, and and archived in a way, like you said, where they can be shared and um, where folks can just perhaps, you know, turn it on and, and, and see 10 stories that they, of artists who are, marginalized you know who come from uh different cultures and backgrounds and have a heritage that's not like theirs uh, yeah. and and learn something new and, and and you know 
be introduced to something that um, maybe sparks some something in them that will make them, you know, either go out and create or build some awareness or, or for us just to see ourselves doing the many wonderful and creative and incredible things that we do. Um, so, so yes, to, in, in a nutshell, we would love to, to start it back up. You know, we did a few, um, 120 seconds a couple of years ago and, we had artists from Sri Lanka and from oh. Iraq and um and they're all friends. Um and actually we did one with with Ruben Fankawato Guevara back oh. then, and that's how we kind of um got to do the, the documentary <laughs> for, for Artbound. Um so really um I think it's important and I think it's just a reframing, right? It's, yes. it's not, it's, I, I don't see it as frivolous entertainment. I really see it yeah. as a historical archive that is helpful, you know, and I, and the people that we interviewed 10 years ago, I was just talking to, to Michael about this is, um, you know, all of these folks um, have blown up, you know, I mean, our first one was with Bobby, Bobito Garcia. Um, and of course we know Bob, <laughs> and everything he has done in the, you know, in the last 12, 14 years has been incredible. Um, you know, we interviewed more established folks like Pharrell, you know, and then he became a household name. I mean, he was, he was household name for us back then, but, yeah. you know, since then he's done films and, and really done so much for the culture. Um, and, you know, others have won grammys and emmys and it's it it really you know was a moment in time that we um documented and and feel that it's important to continue doing so so yeah thanks kind of we we do know him we we do know each other (laughs) and we love his work so yeah dope okay let's go to the next one and this is great because i do want to touch upon this um you know maybe before we get into this question, how old are you? What point in your life did you start DJing? <laughs> I bought my first vinyl when I was nine. So what was looking it? At my daughter, you know, I'm like, damn, I was young, you know, <laughs> but whenever I would have a little, you know, birthday money, that's what I would go and spend it on. Um, and I had a little tocadisco in my room, you know, and it, it wasn't like pro or anything. It was like the ones that had like the, the it was all in one tiny yeah. for the bedroom. Um, but I also got that because I made a stink, you know, like I need music. I need it. So I, I, I got that really early on. Um, what was that first vinyl? Do you remember the first one you ever bought? I, I got um, Michael Jackson. Uh, I got, of course, of course. uh, synchronicity, the police, <laughs> yes. uh, I got, you know, right. Um, I think later on I got, um, Cindy Lauper, Duran Duran, you know, it was just the greats, like, the greats. Yeah. You know, when you're <laughs> nine, it's like, this is what I want to hear. Um, we, we, ju- I just saw Duran Duran not too long, like, le- like last at, month at the, at the Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> Always great. Always great. amazing, amazing, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, those those were my first records. 
as a nine-year-old. And then I always kind of would buy records, you know, it wasn't something I never aspired to be a DJ. Um, in college, my freshman year, I had a radio show. I met this Icelandic giant called um, <laughs> um, Thorsten Gunnarsson. And we met very early on and we were like, love music. And, but he had this incredible background. Like he used to manage Bjork and, wow. and was really good friends with them. And so he had actual, an actual, you know, background in music. I would just loved it. So I was like, you know, should we do a radio show? And it was WVAU. It was a college station in, in DC. And we um, did this radio show for, I think, a couple of semesters. And, and that was amazing. That was like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> this is another aspect of my love of music, you know, manifesting in some weird <laughs> college radio show. Um, but that was cool. Cause you know, the sugar cubes came to town during that yeah. time. And he's like, come with me. So we got to like hang out with Bjork backstage and <laughs> She had like this big old, um, um, I, it, I'm you're going to use it in a, yeah, I'm not going to say it. What was it called? It's another <laughs> word. I forget it. Um, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So we had an amazing, you know, moment, um, with them and I was such a fan as well. Um, but then, uh, this is so long winded. Then I moved to New York and I was really into the scene, but as a dancer, like I just mm. love to go out dancing and sweat till, you know, the wee, the wee morning hours. <laughs> um, but then, you know, when I went to New York, I started um, promoting and doing club nights. Like I, I did this um, live drum and bass night called deep tracks. Nice. And, uh, that was amazing because it was a lot of jazz artists who were doing drum and bass uh, at the time. And that was in the late 90s, very much, you know, in, in the Goldie kind of era, mm. that whole beautiful era of music. Uh, and then I started doing this um, party uh, that I was organizing, but I wasn't, I was booking DJs. I wasn't DJing mm. myself. And then one night, uh, the DJ canceled, like they just couldn't show up. And I did have like a whole nice, <laughs> you know, stack of vinyl. And thankfully I lived literally next door to the venue that I was doing it at. It was this place called Velvet and, um, on Mulberry street. And, uh, I went and got the vinyl and I played that night and I had so much fun and I'm like, why am I paying someone to come and do this? <laughs> so that's how it all started. Yeah, that's how it started. Um, really kind of haphazardly. And, and then, you know, because it was definitely this lounge thing that 
the owner just let me do whatever the hell I wanted. I mean, literally I was, I was his neighbor. So he was really supportive. He was just like, yeah, do whatever you want. You know, there, there was no pressure Dumb. to stick to one genre of music. So at the time it was like a lot of, you know, jazz and a lot of, um, you know, talking loud and giant step was mm. I was doing a lot of at the time I was doing photography for them um so as I you know I wouldn't get paid but I would get paid in vinyl <laughs> the best so, type of getting paid at that time for sure <laughs> so I have some really great you know records that were mostly promos yeah um, and that's how it started. And then that took off, you know, that really took off. At the same time, I was doing some production and documentary. I got my first job as um, an AP for this uh, documentary that um, went on uh, Travel Channel back then. And um, a friend gave me that opportunity, which was great. Um, but then that's, you know, that's like the bug, right? Like I, I, yeah, I love that as well. Um, but DJing really took me all over the world and I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful that my love of music has opened so many doors. I love that. So now we know the history. Let's get into the second question. It's from uh, Word to Your Mamba episode 86 guest Lilium Rivera. She asked, and you know her as well. She's family, yeah. Nabi Productions. Let's see. Um, she says, how does being a DJ inform her creative film work? Mm. Uh, well, one I want to absolutely document, you know, all of these underground scenes that have been so pivotal to my life. And I think to the lives of a lot of my friends and family and community. Um, and unfortunately, there's not that much known. I mean, there's, um, there's still pockets to, um, dig and unfold and, uh, you know, and, amplify and so I, that to me um is something that you know i'd love to um do more of uh i i think you know in terms of how it influences maybe the process you know i'm i'm really grateful that um my partner mike also has like a great um musical foundation you know he was an MC for years and um and poet you know whatever like we've all done so many <laughs> things it's ridiculous but 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 I think it really informs a sense of rhythm you know and a yes. sense of um how to merge certain ideas and um how to link things that maybe you know you wouldn't necessarily link together or you know yes. just see what um how something might inform something else and and really it's like i think an appreciation of culture um mm. not just music because i think music is so much more than just music it you know yes. it, it really informs um how we look at the world how we see each other um what we love about ourselves as humans and our fellow humans so so i, I really do um 
think it's a lot of that, you know, and, and, and it's funny because a friend of mine recently said, um, she's, she's in London and she said, you know, oh, you know, in our music crew, we never saw, we never saw color. And, and, and that's such a, a like, from this side of the pond where everything is so racialized right you're like oh god I don't really know if you can say that but (laughs) in our community it kind of was like that like we really just I don't know so whenever I would see even even looking at you know scripted shows and things that like I'm like what there's no you know brown or black people in New York this is ridiculous like this doesn't make any sense like and when it's whitewashed right and you and and you don't see us in these communities or in these cities or in you know these scripts that are in in cities that are made by our culture you know it's just like I don't know maybe I went off on a tangent but (laughs) (laughs) no I I totally I totally understand and it's it's very interesting to say the rhythm because when I had um, Joseph Jasbo Patel on here, and it was right after Summer Soul was at Sundance, and I was saying that, I and seeing that, and then seeing Consafos, knowing your history as a DJ, Quest Love's directorial debut, también as a DJ, I, I I couldn't put my fingers on it, but I knew that stories are told in a in a different way. Because the I feel the fact that you guys are both DJs because you're saying you see the different elements and how you link different things. And I feel like there's a to me like a and I don't know if this is correct, but like a visual cadence to the storytelling, because when you're at a, you know, club party, whatever, or you're putting an album together, you know, you're thinking how the beginning the middle, the end, you know, it's like you're thinking about the entire thing, just like a writer would, but it, it, with with music, with rhythm. And it's this visual cadence, the story visual cadence that I loved in both the way you guys, you know, and it's no, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're both, you know, come from music. So, yes, I love that. Okay, final questions. And then we'll get into the not so rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions, because I know you're limited on time. The next one is, as a mother, what inspires her to keep doing this groundbreaking work? Um, this is from L.A.-based activist Candy Angel Diaz. Mm. Thank you. You know, as uh, as a mother, I think it's my responsibility to expose our young ones to as much of the culture as I possibly can. And, um, and I know that goes also for my partner and it is a, um, it's, it's almost like, you know, you find like, it's like your duty, you know, it's like your (laughs) responsibility. Um, and I kid you not, like, it's not easy. I don't think this is an easy business. It's, we are definitely having these, you know, big conversations right now about what the next few years are going to look like Um, because we want to continue telling the stories, but funding is a struggle and uh, LA is not cheap. You know, like we're like, are we, do we even need to be here anymore? You know, it's like, it's one of those, we're having the big questions that I think 
uh, have popped up, I think more so for a lot of people after the two years we've had with COVID, you know, um, where it's like, okay, what's really important, you know, and how do we leverage, uh, our passion, you know, into projects that really do reflect, um, what we want to see in the world and how we see the world. Yeah. Um, because there's just not enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your calling and, and, you know, just muchísimas gracias for what you and your husband Mm do. So now let's get into the not so rapid fire questions. The AKA slow as hell questions. Moni, are you ready? Sure. (laughs) Three words to describe yourself passionate creative and fun i mean i think i'm just a fun person (laughs) i love that what's the best piece of advice that you've received uh know yourself Mm. if you know yourself then i think so much uh then comes aligned, you know, it just, you're able to uh, find your mission and your vision and everything else. So yeah, know yourself. I love that. The universe is watching and the universe is feeling. And if the universe sees that you're faking the funk, it's not going to bring the shit to you. It's been like, no, she doesn't. They don't, they don't. So yeah. Okay. So the next one, I love this one song that gets you hyped when you need it what's your go-to you might have as 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 a dj you probably have different ones for different things but give us like at least one absolutely there's so many um it depends you know i i have to say that if i put anything by joe arroyo it's like uh i just start dancing (laughs) um so and you know he's from my hometown and it's salsa so um yeah yamule yamule by joe arroyo i would say is a go-to uh i i do love me some like um craft work (laughs) sometimes that will just like yeah, got me very excited. Um, you know, uh, hip hop. I don't know. Gosh, there's so much. Um, you know, I I really do love me some. Um, you know, I this is these these questions are really <laughs> difficult for me. <laughs> That's why this is called. The last part is called the slowest hell question because sometimes it's it's tough. It's tough. But I will put, I will add, uh, um, what is the name of the artist again? From, from Joe Colombia. Arroyo. So I, I'm going to add him to our Word to Your Mama hype song guest playlist. I always mess up the title, but I'll have it in the link. I have it in the link all the time. And then we do have Salsa on there, but we don't have him. He'll be the first time that he's on the playlist. And uh, every time we have a new guest and a new song is added is put up to the top of the playlist. So we have, it's. I think it's up to like maybe four or five hours now with the amount of guests that we've had. Um, so make sure to look that, uh, look that up. That's on the show notes. And the final question and wrapping up you, this 
amazing time with you, Moni. What will be your legacy? Yes. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, I, I would love my legacy to be, uh, you know, that I was a champion for untold stories uh, from our communities that are worthy of being told. Yes. That will be, but also that is your legacy because you're create, you, you've already done it so far. Muchisimas gracias for your time. Oh. I love hearing more about you. I'm excited to continue to build. I mean, especially after this convo, we have so much in common because I'm an older mom. We only got the one. I only have one other friend that has the one. There's like specific things that happens when you're the mother of one, when everyone in your mother is like, you're going to have another. Nah, man, this is it. <laughs> this is all. Absolutely. You have no idea. Like well, coming on to this, I was like, I I feel like I need to like set up a time to interview <laughs> you because I'm I have like a thousand questions. Vice versa. And I've been Vice like versa. really into trying to figure out like, you know, web three. And then I see like hola metal. And so and I'm like, what the hell? Like, like, Damn, we have so much to talk about. So much. Um, and we'll yeah. do that for sure next week. But muchísimas gracias, Moni. What you and your partner Happy. are doing, um, like I said, you're going to start seeing me like really push um, con safos and everything else. And like you said, we have, you know, now that things are, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, folks, but like things are, you know, getting a little bit where we can kind of, you know, get together and break bread. We have so many people, you know, it's a Venn diagram of these intersections of you and I. Let's bring these people. Let's start breaking bread and sharing stories and doing that. Like that's been my thing this past, you know, couple of months that I've been seeing people again. It's just like, yes, this in real life, just building and just vibing, you know, because we all are doing dope ass shit. You know, how can we support each other? So I would love that. Let's do that. Let's do something yes. in L.A. It's going to be great. We'll document with some videos and some pictures. But muchísimas gracias. I, I really appreciate, um, you know, you taking the time. And I'm excited to to continue the convo off air, of course. Yes. <laughs> it's been, you know, so fun just to dive into the podcast. And, you know, I laugh and I cry and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate you having me on. It's it was really fun. Uh, I haven't spoken about any of this. I don't think to, with anyone. So it's been really <laughs> great to um, unearth <laughs> some of this. That um, yeah, that uh, is 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 real. You know, it. We we all have these stories, and I think that's that's what's. Um, what really drives me is to like, oh, let's, I'm also so curious, you know, so I can't yes. wait to talk to you some more. Vice versa. Okay. Gracias. And now introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural, Supernatural Bear. Bear. Hello, everyone. I'm the Supernatural Bear. And um, today on Supernatural Bear Corner, we're going to be doing two things. Number one, I would like to um, announce, I guess, I'm 10 years old now or something. Yeah, it's not much. Just, what was it? 
tenth of a century. Not much. Anyway, moving on to the actually important thing for the SMB Corner today, um, is the Nahuali books. Um, so this is a book series. It's called Nahuali Kids, an origin story. And it is by Josh Loera. And, um, shout out, shout out, very big shout out. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Um, this is issue five that I'm currently reviewing. I will say, um, in a quick summary, so that way my mom doesn't cut all of this out. Um, it's an amazing book. I recommend you read it. The illustrations, um, the writing quality, because writing is... I hate it, but it's. I know it's important um, to make a great story. And also, the absolute awesomeness of res- <laughs> representation. Uh, the representation here is, ah, it's awesome. Because uh, representation matters. It, it really does matter. And for, this is issue five again. And this is an amazing book. Great illustration great representation of the black and brown community and also great illustration and i would also say two more tiny things if you have the book which i'm not quite sure if this is a production sample or not um so if you have the book you'll see at the very end after the story you'll probably see two things that could possibly catch your eye Number one of those being Spider Miles. Sp- <laughs> Spider Miles, sorry. King Miles. King Miles. Wow. It is, that, that is legendary. That's some legendary stuff right there. Why is that not official? Why? Why? And also, if you check, um,. On a slightly different page, after the story is done, you'll see an illustration of my mom and I. Hey, and somehow, I don't, I don't know how, but some somehow he predicted that I wear a blue T-shirt, a red hoodie, dark blue pants. How? Just how? I wear that so often. That's awesome, and my mom's wearing her Word to Your Mama t-shirt, or I, I think it was Word to Your Mama, yeah. And we both have all of those clothes in real life, so it's awesome to see us depicted as animals. And overall, this is just ah, amazingness. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Josh, and I'll see you guys in the next SMB Corner. Stay safe, guys. Shoot it up. Yeah, there you have it. Episode 102 of Word to Your Mama with Moni Vargas. How dope was that? How her story, how we aligned. It was great. Um, Like I said before, any links that were mentioned are going to be in the show notes. And then this is a long overdue review that the Supernatural Bear did. So thank you for your patience, Josh. Um, uh, There'll be a link to that in his entire series, the Nahuali Kids and Origin Story, a modern Aztec 
Modern Aztec Heroes. Um, he's the author and the illustrator. And this epi- uh, this episode issue was um, co-authored by Maya Martinez. And oddly enough, or maybe not so oddly enough, I met Josh when we attended um, a virtual Latinx, Latine, whatever you want to call it, um, Web3 event. That's how we met. And then we connected. And then he told us, you know, he came from tech and then he went into this, you know, following his his uh, other dreams of being an illustrator and coming out with this comic. And then, you know, he told us about it, asked if he could, you know, do uh, a thing for us. He did. Um, I ran a couple of promos, um, a couple of episodes about this. He was doing a, a Kickstarter, I believe. And this is completely self-published via his Time Machine Creative. You could also hire him to do uh, illustrations and logos. And if you go to the back, there's a couple of um, the, you know, the dope illustration he did of, of the Supernatural Bear and I. And then also he did the logo for the Abel and Sochi anti-bullying buddies. And he has TikToks tip tops as as I like to call them of showing his process as he's illustrating and they're super cute and very well done so let's support you know uh, our black and brown creators uh, so yeah if you have a kid if you don't have a kid and you just want to hear these types of stories that are really untold it's the theme of the episode guys the theme of the episode there'll be a link in the show notes to purchase and support Muchísimas gracias, Josh. Um, really appreciate what you're doing for the community. Um, yeah. And as always, you know what you can do. Write us a review. Uh, you know, do a couple of stars. Uh, become a patron through, through, through <laughs> I can't talk, through Patreon. Um, buy us a whiskey via buy us a coffee. Buy something, purchase something from the store. You know, holiday season's coming up. Buy something for yourself before you buy something for something someone else. Who's to say? We've got t-shirts, enamel pens, all kinds of things. Um, also, for free... You could tell your folks, tell your peeps, and tell your friends. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritsy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, you want to email us, you want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitsyPeriwinkle.com.